right, well, happy Sunday. So glad you're with us today at Life Center. We're continuing on in a series that we've been in for a number of weeks entitled Reason to Believe. Can you say reason? Reason. To believe. We're focusing in on seven specific signs that John records in his Gospels about the miracle working power of Jesus. And just like any sign that you ever encounter on the road that you drive down, signs are designed to point you in a direction. They're designed to point you somewhere. More specifically in this situation, it's designed to point us to someone. His name is Jesus. And to catch you up, just in case you missed the last number of weeks, we focused in on the first four signs. We talked first about water to wine and the revelation that that brought Jesus' disciples of who he is. We talked about the healing of the official's son. That was the second sign. We talked about the healing of a man who had been paralyzed for 38 years, and yet Jesus brought healing to a man's body who was broken. Last week, we talked about the feeding of the 5,000. If you missed last weekend, man, I'd encourage you to jump online, check out YouTube. Pastor Eric Bowles brought a great message for us as a church community. And so today, we're going to continue on. If you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this title down. I want to talk about a savior in the storm. A savior in a storm. In a few moments, we're going to go together to John chapter 6. This last spring... Amber and I, we decided to purchase some stand-up paddle boards. We thought this would be a fun thing to do, you know, enjoy the summer, enjoy the, the warm weather in the Pacific Northwest. And by the way, we had a beautiful summer, did we not? It, it, was, it was like five months of incredible weather. Some of us, we got used to it. And now reality has struck once again. But we went out, we, we bought paddle boards and we, we set out one day in Gig Harbor, and I learned some important things when it comes to being on a stand-up paddleboard. Uh, knowing what the tide is doing matters. I was not aware of this before. It, it had never occurred to me that I should probably check what the tide is doing. Why? Because the tide impacts this thing called a current. Now, how many know what the current does matters? Not only that, there's this element called wind. How many of you have ever experienced wind? And not being aware of this, we set out on our paddle boards and we decided we are going to paddleboard out to the lighthouse at the point in, in Gig Harbor where, where the harbor opens up, not considering that the tide was rising, which meant the current was bringing the water into the harbor and the wind just happened to be blowing that direction. Now, at first, it wasn't that big of a deal. We just were rowing like we should, just kind of paddling like we should. And yet, there was this one point that we realized we were paddling with all of our might, and it felt like we were going nowhere quick. You ever been there? In fact, not only that, if our oar wasn't in the water, it felt like the moment we went to row again, we actually lost ground. This is a frustrating feeling when you're trying to get to a destination that you can see right in front of you. 
And here we are, we are, we are paddling as hard as we can. And I was thinking for a moment, you know what, babe? Let's just quit, let's go sell these on Craigslist. We're done, we're not doing this ever again. I was, I was ready to be done in that moment. But we pushed through and, and we finally broke through. Now, here's the good news. How many know the way back was a whole lot easier? In fact, it took us three times as long to get there as it did to get back. I mean, I, I thought I was Superman rowing on the way back. I was like, if only every day I was going with the current, with the wind, there was no opposition, there was no challenge. Wouldn't that be nice if, if life was like that? But, but here's an important thing that I learned that day. Our rowing only gets us so far. Our rowing, our, our efforts in life only get us so far. And, and especially when we encounter the current, the wind, the waves. And yet many of us, we, we are in this place, this journey in life where we find ourselves stressed out going, this is a lot harder than it should be. What is going on? See, in a moment, we're going to look together at a story where Jesus' disciples, they, they get into a boat, and they begin to row across the lake, across the Sea of Galilee, and they encounter some wind. They encounter some waves. I, I think this is such a fitting word for us as a church community today, because the, the conversations that I have with people, there's a lot of people who are up against some wind, they're up against some waves, they're up against some challenges. And so today, if you need hope, let this scripture build your hope. Because the good news is there's a savior in the midst of the storm. There's a savior in the midst of the storm. Yet the question is this, when, when the storm comes up, because I believe this with all of my heart, it's not a matter of if there will be a storm, it's a matter of when. How many of you have lived enough life, you've made enough laps around the sun to say, it's not a matter of if there's a storm, it's a matter of when. The question is, in those moments, how will we, how will we respond? Look with me to, to John chapter six. This is immediately on the heels of where we were last week. Jesus has fed 5,000 men plus women and children off of a small lunch, small few fish, a couple of pieces of bread. And in that moment, the people want to take Jesus and by force make him king. And so he withdraws, he goes and prays, he sends the disciples down to the seaside. That's where we find ourselves in John chapter 6, I want to start in verse 16. It says this, When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. At this point, they're on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. And many of us, when we think about the Sea of Galilee, we think about this, this massive ocean. But, but let me show you a, a couple of photos. I believe we have some photos of when I was in Israel a couple of months ago. You can stand on one side. This photo was taken in the, the city of Tiberias. And look across and see the other side of the lake. How many know that water looks pretty nice right there? Pretty calm. We have, we have another photo. You can see how calm this lake actually can be. That's me in a boat on the lake. 
What's the big deal? Looks pretty smooth. Why are the disciples panicking? Well, let's read on. It says this, they got into a boat, started across the sea to Capernaum. Darkness had already set in, but Jesus had not yet come to them. A high wind arose and the sea began to churn. The Sea of Galilee is roughly 600 feet below sea level. And what this creates is this wind rushing as the temperature cools to the west and it forces a violent wind down onto the water at times that even in our modern time, they will not let powerboats go out on the water for fear of being capsized. It says this, that a high wind arose and the sea began to churn. After they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. He was coming near the boat and they were afraid. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Can you say those three words with me? It is I. I want you to think about the difference that the voice of Jesus makes even in the stormy moments of your life. Not only that, if you look at the Greek in the original language, more accurately translated, Jesus simply calls out and he says these two words, I am. I am is here. I am. Don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him on board and at once the boat was at the shore where they were headed. Incredible miracle takes place. And when we think about, okay, what, what does this text mean? What is the Holy Spirit trying to communicate as John is writing this gospel? And it comes down to this. Listen, in every storm that you face, you can be confident in two things. What are those two things you can be confident in? Number one, Jesus has power over it, and Jesus is present in it. In every storm that you face in your life, hear me, friend, you can be confident of two important things. Jesus has power over that storm. And not only that, Jesus is present in the storm with his people. This is the point that scripture is making. In fact, John here, as the Holy Spirit is inspiring him to write these words, he's revealing that Jesus has this place of prominence and significance. He's actually showing that Jesus is the true and greater Moses. Why? Well, just like Jesus multiplied fishes and loaves and fed people in the wilderness, Moses did that as well. And the Jewish people, they, they considered Moses to be the greatest, but Jesus is here revealing, no, 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 somebody that's greater than Moses is here. In fact, the same one who called out to Moses and said, take off your sandals. And that same Moses who said, God, who is it? Who do I need to say that's sending me? And God simply responds, I am. Now, the voice of God, clothed in humanity, calls out to disciples who are in the midst of the storm, says, I am. You see, Jesus is greater than Moses. He, Moses provided food in the wilderness through God's supernatural work. Moses also parted the waters. But did you notice that Jesus doesn't need to part the waters? He can simply walk on them. 
That's good news for us. But here's what I know. Our rowing only gets us so far. Our rowing only gets us, it only gets us so far. See, many of us here today, we are convinced that the message of Christianity says this, row harder. Row harder. You're you're in a tough spot, just row harder. Work harder. Get your act together. Row harder. Push through it. But notice for a moment that for the disciples that night, although that rowing, it got them three miles, how many know three miles won't do when the other side of the shore is still miles away? And this is where many of us, we we end up in this conflict in our faith because we thought somewhere along the line the message of Christianity is just, just work harder, row harder. You see, it's much like me that day in the spring as I'm out on Gig Harbor thinking if, if I just row harder, but, but some of us, we are in a season in our lives right now where we've been rowing and rowing and every time we pull, it feels like we make just a little bit of progress and then the wind, the waves, the storms just push us back. But we convince ourselves, if, if, I, just, if I just try harder, And here's the crazy thing. (laughs) For the disciples, they're rowing. It got them three miles. But three miles won't do when you're trying to get to the other side. It's not quite enough. And so for us, when the wind starts to blow and the waves become choppy in life, many of us, what do we do? We reach for oars. We convince ourselves, okay, I I gotta get this I gotta get this figured out. And we reach, we we go to our weapons of choice, looking for security. Some of us today, we walk through these doors. And where are you at in life? You're in a boat. You came here today because you've spent the last number of weeks stressing through life and you're like, okay, I just, I need a message that will inspire me and encourage me because I am exhausted pulling. I need something that's gonna help me pull better. I need something that's gonna help me pull harder. And so what do we do? We, we go to our oars of choice. Some of you, your mind is breaking right now because you're like, I never thought I'd see Tyler in a boat on the stage with some oars. Welcome to Life Center. What, what, are the, what are the oars that you tend to go to? I think there's some, some common oars that many of us, we reach for. The, the first set of oars is this, the oars of, of human achievement. Many of us, when the wind, the waves, the, the current is kind of pushing against us, we just tell ourselves, you know what? It's going to be my effort that is the difference maker. I'm just gonna pull a little bit harder. If I can just get stuff figured out as I think it should be. And so if I can just get that promotion. If I can just make a little bit more money. If I can just help my kids get into that right school. If if we can get that new house, then everything will change. 
We wonder why so many of us feel exhausted in our faith. If you, your go-to action is the oars of human achievement, it is exhausting. But let's talk about another set of oars that many of us who spend a lot of time in the church pick up. Because some of us, we know, well, human achievement, man, that's, that's, a, that, that's not a, a good idea, Tyler. I'm, I'm much more spiritual than that. Well, let's talk about you for a minute then. Because some of us, we go to the oars of spiritual earning. Spiritual earning. In other words, we, we get busy working for Jesus instead of working with Jesus. God, I haven't missed a day in my Bible reading. Why does it feel like life is falling apart? God, I've been faithful in church attendance. I've been faithful in giving. What is up with the current that I'm trying to navigate? See, if I can just show God how much I love him, if I I can just pray enough, if I can just tithe enough, if I can just do these things, I know that God will have to bless me and I will get from him what I actually want. But notice, notice the statement there, I get from God what I actually want instead of trusting God in what he actually wants. Consider for a moment, Life Center, what's the ore that you go to grab? Because again, I I know some of us, we are in the midst of the storm in our lives. And, And the danger is this. These things, human effort, spiritual earning, here's the reality. This is the danger. These things can move your boat a little bit. They give the illusion of advancement. They give the illusion, I'm I'm making progress. I'm getting there. But the problem is some of us, we have rode all night long. We're still not to the other side. And we're tempted to go, God, where is your love in this? You see, these efforts, this earning, it will never get us to where we're trying to get Yet many of us, we, we continue to come back to the boat, and what do we say? Well, we just got to go through life, right? Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. And that's where a lot of us, we're living life today, if we're honest. You see, here's what I know. Some of us were exhausted because of the storms of life. And those storms are real. But here's what I want you to know today. Rowing harder is exhausting. But receiving Jesus is liberating. Rowing harder is exhausting. And many of us, if we're not careful, that's what we think Christianity is all about. It's it's just a a new paddle to row with. Your your own effort is going to get you through it. Your own energy is going to get you through it. But But understand, the message of the gospel is not, hey, you, row harder, try harder. Fix yourself. And here's my concern. Today, I know some of us, we walk through these doors. And some of us, because of the current, because of the wind, because of the waves, we're afraid. We're afraid. Some of us, as we've watched the news this last week, we're afraid. 
walked into my life group on Friday morning. We've been walking through the book of Mark and uh, one of my friends sitting at the coffee table and he goes, hey, I know, I know we're supposed to go into Mark. Can we just talk about Israel for a minute? We spent the, the next hour and a half talking about what do signs and moments like this mean for us in the day in which we live? You see, there's, there's some people today, you're here and you're afraid, you're asking yourself this question, is this the end? Is this the end? Some of us today, we're, we're anxious. We feel like we're stuck in the middle of the lake. We're, we're all alone. We've been rowing as hard as we can, as good as we know to do. And, and we're busy asking this question, where is help when I need it? I, I'm alone. I'm, I'm pulling. I'm doing my best, Jesus. But we're anxious. And if we're honest, some of us, we're just flat out annoyed. Life shouldn't have wind. Life should not have a current. Life should not provide waves. And and we're just annoyed going, Jesus, I prayed the prayer. Life was supposed to get easier. Everything was supposed to be sunshine and rainbows. What's going on? What's going on? So today, listen, whether you're afraid, anxious, or annoyed, I I have good news for you. There's a savior in the midst of the storm. And so the call to action today is not pick up an oar and and begin to row a little bit harder in your own effort. Today, instead, let let me draw a few things to our attention. See, number one, understand this. Whatever is out of your control is still under Jesus' rule. This is good news for us, especially for those of us who who continue to watch the 24-hour news cycle. We wake up anxious. We go to bed anxious. You have to, as a follower of Jesus, understand even the things that are out of your control, guess what? They are still under the rule of Jesus. That's why we said earlier, there's two things I can be confident of. There's two things I can be assured of. When I go through the storms of life, what is that? Jesus still has power over it, and Jesus is present with me in it. What is out of your control is under his rule. Not only that, did did you catch this? What has the ability to take the disciples out? These are experienced fishermen. They've experienced storms on the water before, but they are losing their minds. What has the ability to take them out? A wave. And here's what's crazy. I don't know if you caught this, but the things that have the ability to take the disciples out, Jesus can simply walk over. The things that have the ability to take your life out, it's like pavement for Jesus. He's like, what's what's the big deal? You need some help? I love this picture because in the Old Testament, God allowed multiple people to part the waters. Moses parted the Red Sea. Joshua parted the Jordan River. Elisha, Elijah. Multiple people parted the waters. Incredible miracle. But did you notice? There's a little something about this man named Jesus. He's revealing who he really is because unlike the men, he actually is God. He doesn't need to part the waters. He can just walk on the waters. See, the things that are out of your control are under his rule. This past week, 
I love how God at moments allows me to practice what I'm preaching. Don't usually sign up for it because how many know it's, it's a lot easier to just tell people what to do and not have to live it out yourself. But this last week, I, I found myself multiple moments where that feeling of, of anxiousness, that, that anxiety began to creep in. Anybody else, you ever had that 2 a.m. wake-up call that you did not order? Your brain's just reminding you of all the things, all the responsibility, all the things you should be worried about, but really scripture calls us to cast our cares, doesn't it? What is out of our control is still under the rule of Jesus. Not only that, don't forget this, you are not alone in the storm. Today, you need to hear that. You are not alone. I get it when you are in the middle of the lake, still miles from where you feel like you're trying to get to, it can feel very lonely. When it's dark, the wind is blowing, the, the current is pulling, I get it. It's easy to feel alone, but hear me clearly today. His voice is still calming the storms around us, and it still has the ability to calm the storms within us. His voice is enough. Did you notice that's the method that Jesus chose to use? What was it? His voice. He spoke to the wind. He spoke to the waves. He spoke to the disciples. I am here. Don't be afraid. In other words, you are not alone. You see, when you can't understand the why, and, and this is the frustrating part about our humanity, sometimes we don't know why storms happen. God, why did I go through that? God, why does life feel so choppy and turbulent right now? Even when you can't understand the why, here's the good news, you can know the who that is with you in the midst of the storm. You can have that assurance, that confidence, that same I am who spoke to Moses in the Old Testament is now clothed in humanity in the New Testament. And guess what? He is with you today, present, 2023, in the storms that you are facing. Finally, understand this. The one who can meet you in the storm can also deliver you to the other side. Jesus meets the disciples three miles into a five to six to seven mile journey across the lake. And, and the one who met them in the storm, don't, don't let this be missed. This is the second miracle. The first miracle, Jesus is walking on the water. This, the second miracle is that now he steps into the boat and it's not their effort that's actually gonna get them to the other side. Jesus in his grace delivers them to the other side. I don't know if you notice how different this is than the miracle that Moses provides in the Old Testament. Because although Moses parts the water, the people of Israel have to walk in their own effort across to safety on the other side. But Jesus, in the midst of grace, meets people in the middle of their storm. And it's not their effort or their earning that gets them to the other side. It's his grace that delivers them safely to the destination. See, here's something that I'm learning more and more about Jesus every day. Jesus is my safe harbor. 
You see, it's safer with Jesus in the storm than me providing and pulling towards my own safety and my own effort or my spiritual earning. And notice, Jesus doesn't just do well in meeting us. He's the one who knows how to deliver us. This is good news. Maybe you've learned, like me, a storm ultimately is an opportunity. It's an opportunity. An opportunity for what, Tyler? It doesn't feel like an opportunity. It feels like punishment. A storm is an opportunity to receive revelation of who Jesus is. See, we learn something more. There's a sign here about who Jesus is. He's, he's not only the one who can part the water, he's the one who can walk on the water. He's not only the one who can pave a way for, for people to get themselves across, he's the one who actually does the work to get us to where we're trying to get to in our own effort. Psalm 107, consider these words. It says this, others went to sea in ships, Conducting trade on the vast water, they saw the Lord's works and his wondrous works in the deep. He spoke and raised a stormy wind that stirred up the waves of the sea. Rising up to the sky, sinking down to the depths, their courage melting away in anguish. They reeled and staggered like a drunkard. And all, all their skill was useless. Then they cried out to the Lord, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper, and the waves of the sea were hushed. They rejoiced when the waves grew quiet. Don't miss this. Then he guided them to the harbor they longed for. Oh, can I tell you today, he is still guiding us to the harbor we long for. Some of us, we long for that safe place. We long for that sense of peace. We, we long for just a moment to catch our breath in the midst of our rowing that we've been so determined and so diligent with, and yet today, the voice of Jesus calls out to us. It is I. Don't be afraid. I'm here. Will, will you trust me? Will you let me into the boat of your life for a moment? Because once I'm in your boat, it's not about you trying to get yourself to where you're going. It's about allowing my grace to bring you there to the place that I've designed for you. That's what his grace and his mercy does for us. Friends, storms come and storms go, but we serve the God who has power over them and who is present in them. Today, can I invite you to bow your heads? I want to take a moment to pray. Life Centers, I've prayed for you this week. Again, I know some of us, we're, we're anxious, we're afraid. Some of us were a little bit angry, annoyed. It's not supposed to be like this. God, where are you at? I'm trying as hard as I can, and no matter how hard I roll, no matter how hard I pull, it seems like I'm making little advancement. God, what's the key? My prayer is this, that we would hear the gospel once again in a fresh way, that, 
that it's not about your effort, your earning. The message of the gospel is not row harder. Because rowing harder is exhausting, but receiving Jesus is liberating. Some of us today, we, we need to receive Jesus. We, we need to invite him in because the same voice that spoke to the wind and spoke to the waves, he can speak to the storm in our own lives and he calls out to us to receive his peace. How do we receive it? By putting our trust in what he's done for us through his life, his death, and his resurrection. Friends, the same Jesus who was alive walking on the waters then is alive today and he still has power over the storms that you're facing. He's still present with you in the storms that you're navigating. Today, if you're in that place, you need to put your trust in Jesus. You wanna know that your sin is forgiven, that you have a fresh start with God. If that's your desire today, can I invite you to do something simple? Would you just raise a hand, just hold it up for a moment and say, that's me, Tyler. I, I wanna put my trust in Jesus. I wanna know that I'm forgiven. I wanna know that I have a fresh start with God. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, you can put those hands down. Second, I wanna pray for those of us who would say, you know what, Tyler, I'm, I'm going through a storm. <laughs> I'm going through a storm and I, I've been rowing as hard as I can. Yet today I sense the Holy Spirit reminding me to rest in him, to trust in him. Again, grace isn't opposed to working, grace is opposed to earning. So it doesn't mean we, we won't have to put our faith into action. Today, you're going through a storm and you need the, the same voice that spoke on the waters that day to speak into your life today. If that's you, would you just raise a hand, just hold it up, say, yeah, yeah, going through a storm. Lord, I thank you that you are the God that we can trust. I thank you that we have a savior in the storm. Lord, I pray that we would confidently hang on to those two realities, that no matter what the storm is that we face, Jesus, you have power over it and you are present in it. And I pray for my brothers and sisters today, some of whom are exhausted because they've been rowing with all of their might. And somewhere along the line, they forgot that the message of the gospel wasn't simply row harder, but it was Receive the peace of Jesus. Let him do for you what you cannot do for yourself. I pray as well, Lord, for those who are making that decision to put their trust in you. Life Center, can we pray this prayer together? Would you say these words? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. Help me to follow you every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision? Today, I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. If you would do that as you do, I'm going to welcome our pastors and prayer team. They'll be down front. If there's anything we can pray with you about specifically, we would love to be able to do that. A couple of things. If you're new with Life Center, we want to get the chance to get to know you a little bit better. So we'd love for you to grab that Connect card or swing by our Connect Center on the way out. If you prayed that prayer and put your trust in Jesus, we want to help you move from that decision to walking every day with him. That's called discipleship. And so you can grab that Connect card, fill that out, check that box that says, I said yes. And some of our team will follow up with you this week because we want to help you continue to take steps forward in that journey. 
And as well, if you're interested in moving from the couch to the finish line, come on somebody, with Team World Vision, they're gonna be meeting over in Gray Chapel. And so I'd encourage you, it's a really great way to get involved. I've done the, the Team World Vision half marathon multiple times, and it's a great opportunity to put our faith into motion. Listen, have a great week. I'm gonna send you out on assignment. Remember, we don't just go to church, we are the church. So let's go, let's be the church. God bless, we'll see you soon.